you mind helping me with this? Um, so it's, I have a very supportive circle um, outside the home because like I said, I live by myself. <laughs> okay. okay. I do agree. Um, Jazz, Jazz, you are really good at delegating and managing. Um, thank you for joining us, Joy. Um, the question we just asked was, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how um, your work life and your uh, your company, how do you manage your uh, your mental health and work-life balance? Hi. I'm Joy. Um, and I'm a makeup artist and I own a skincare company called Smooth. And you said, how do we manage, how do we balance our work life? Yeah, I haven't mastered that yet. So I'm just winging it. I go to work, I do makeup, then go back to work, then pack orders. I, I really don't have a concrete answer. I literally just wing it. I know when it's time for me to take a break, I take a break. When it's time for me to go to work, I go to work. So yeah. <clears throat> Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It, it, well, that's great. At least you're aware of um, your areas of weakness. So at least you can take a break whenever you do need that break. Yeah, if I don't do so, anything, I'm going to make sure that I take a break so that I can keep multitasking and handling everything at the same time. I'm going to take a break. That's that's one thing I have managed to take a break, reset, and get your life together, and then come back and approach the same situations with a different mindset. So that's a good point, right? Um, one of the biggest things that a lot of us struggle with is work-life balance, right? When you wear multiple hats, um, it becomes a a challenge to really like make sure all the parts of you are getting um, the right level of attention to care for yourselves. And how are you all in, in jo excuse me, Joy, you just mentioned learning to know when to take time out for yourself to just give yourself a little bit more time to breathe. Have this always been the way for you? And then I'd like everybody else to kind of chime in as to how do you manage your work-life balance? Um, it's always been that way for me. I've tried planners, I've tried calendars, it don't work. I just know, oh, if I'm getting too stressed out, I'm gonna take me a break. If I feel like I've taken too long of a break, okay, I'm gonna get up and go do some more work because I feel like I'm that at that point I'm being I'm not being as productive as I could be. So I have it kind of figured out, but it's just the internal. Now it's time for a break. Now it's time for me to go back to work. Now it's time for me to do something creative so that I can stay creative and bring new ideas to my business or brand or just relax and chill out and watch some TV. Mm, nice. So um, I, I love that we're actually talking about work-life balance because this has been like a hot topic uh, in a few different uh, webinars and panels that I've attended recently. And I was on an industry one last week and there was a guy who was older um, <laughs> and he's been in the industry for a while. And uh, he was at the gate, like he dropped a hop and he was like, I just want to say that millennials came up with work-life balance. This wasn't a thing before now. And all the millennials were in the chat like, what? what? Well, that's why y'all burnt out now. <laughs> Why were you not doing this before? Um, so I don't know. Like, I was born in 88. I am 
full-fledged millennial and I I don't I mean I appreciate that about our generation like we're not if we're not happy like if something isn't life-giving for us we're not afraid to move like we're not afraid to leave situations or leave jobs or leave whatever and move um and that's something that like I appreciate one from I learned from my dad he was like look find joy the money will come like the money will come do what you love and the money will come um but as far as like planning it all I'm the opposite of joy I, I live by my calendar like outside of emergencies and stuff um I'm pretty strict to my calendar so whether it be um, my digital planner whether it be my gcal or my outlook calendar for work it's pretty I I will start penciling people in if somebody has an idea of locking something in with me I'll pencil them in just to make sure I have that time blocked out because I want to make sure that I'm giving them my undivided attention as much as I can during that time unless something pops off um and then with that, like I said, I also try to make sure I'm scheduling um, some form of self-care a couple times a week to make sure that I'm not pushing myself to that point of breaking. So in the evenings, like I said, in the evenings, it's being in bed by 930. It's blocking off my Sundays. Um, I've scheduled a massage for next week. So it's stuff like that. Like I want to make sure that I have that I'm taking care of myself so I'm not pushing myself to burnout. Okay. And for me, it's something that I'm still working on, but I'm kind of a mixture of both because I have my planner and I use my planner, but I, it's not the end all be all. So, so I don't write down everything, but then it, it kind of goes against me because if I don't write it down, sometimes I forget. And so my husband and I, we have a calendar on our phone. We like have a shared Gmail account and he puts things in the calendars and that helps me out as far as family things. Like if he has a photo shoot, we have to do this so that I won't forget because I always have my phone in my hand. But at work, I do live and die by my paper, my paper planner. But it's it's just it's and I go I, I agree with Jazz that if it doesn't bring me joy, I, 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 I lose interest. And so being an entrepreneur, I own a, a children's a infant and um, toddler clothing boutique. So, of course, that I can balance that with my family because who are my models? My kids. So I'm, I'm spending time with them. My little girl, my two-year-old, she loves, she loves when I bring home a box. She's like, my clothes, my clothes. So she's ready to model. So I'm working, but at the same time, I'm spending time with them. And that's, that's been very helpful. And then I, sometimes I feel like my 13-year-old daughter, she's often left out. So I have a website. I have an online presence. I just started her, her own collection. So now we've added Taylor's Trinkets. She didn't want to do clothes. She didn't want to do this. So she has accessories like bracelets and earrings. And her big seller now are like the, the croc charms. And she loves her crocs. So... When I do vendor events, I take my 13-year along with me. She's getting a little bit of the entrepreneur experience, but then she loves that time with me, that alone time with me. She doesn't have to share me with her little brothers and her little sister. So I think that's that's a good work-life balance for me because I'm working, but at the same time, I am spending time with my family. That's dope. That's dope. I mean, I want I want a clothing line. Can I get a can I get like can I get some hats or headbands or some? We can start a collection now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's make it. Let's make it work. Don't threaten me with a collaboration. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, 
Um, and, and I appreciate you guys explaining that. Part of the reason I asked that is that um, in balancing your life, your personal and your endeavors, um, one of the things that is really important is trying to find a way to maintain your peace, right? Especially when you're an entrepreneur, right? One of the things that threatens our peace, our peace is the fact that you find people projecting their ideas, their insecurities onto you. Well, you're a woman, how are you able to do this? Or you're a mom, when do you have time to succeed? Um, how do you guys deal with um, not allowing others to project their insecurities upon you um, and kind of like rising above being petty, so to speak, right? Um, you know, the, clap, the easiest clap back is success, right? But um, outside of you showing them your success, how are you guys able to stop others from projecting upon you? Anybody can jump on and answer that. That's a good question. So um, in my industry, one, it's still fairly male dominated, uh, which is weird because there are so many phenomenal women that I've worked with and that I, that I currently work with and that I've worked with previously but it's um, definitely still male dominated and it's definitely still older men. Uh, So anytime I kind of, not kind of, anytime I assert any authority um, at work, um, I have to, I guess imposter syndrome kind of kicks in too because I'm like, "Ah, I I mean, I'm still, uh, I don't have the full power of having um, a title of VP behind, behind my name currently but then I have to remember that but my VP backs me up my PM backs me up like I have that um but there have definitely been times where people like who are you you don't know it like you you didn't study this because I didn't like I fell into my industry I studied criminal justice I totally fell into my industry um but yeah I didn't study it I haven't been in it that long but um I was raised to have a very strong voice <laughs> and to be very sure of myself. And I feel like that's translated into different arenas of my life. Uh, so that's helped for that. So it's one of those, say what you mean, mean what you say. And if somebody bucks back on you, so like you said, sometimes the sometimes the best clap back is success. Sometimes you need to be petty. Like sometimes you need to let them know, hey, so you thought, or you what you're not gonna do is this. Um, and recently for real for real like and I, <laughs> I'm professional I'm very professional but I email like I talk and I make sure that people know um I treat everybody the same way but I don't I try not to code switch at work so the way I'm talking mm-hmm. to y'all is how I talk at work and so if I hear somebody hey da, 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 nah so we're not gonna do that or if I like if I'm giving an affirmation bit all right boom so they know, hey, you're still getting me. You're getting jazz. You're getting this black millennial who is phenomenal in all aspects, but I'm not going to code switch with you. And sometimes that means I need to be petty, professionally petty at work. But in other avenues, sometimes you need to go gutty. You don't need to go high. I understand that Forever Floatus said when they go low, we go high. Sometimes you need to go gutter and let people know <laughs> I wasn't right. Boo, you forget. Uh, I can pop off with the best one. <laughs> I'm not competing on right there. Right. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, anybody else want to chime in on that? And being in education, it's it's male dominated 
as far as administration. So I, for the longest, I was a teacher. Then I became a counselor and my, my husband, my uncle, my, I mean, my brother, everyone pushed me leadership, 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 leadership. That's where the money is. But I don't chase the money. So as I went to school, got my degree in leadership, but I haven't really pushed for getting a job as a principal or AP or anything like that because I'm waiting on God's time. But at the same time, I do deal with, you know, imposter syndrome. Like I'm not, I I can't be a principal. I can't do this. I'm too nice. I'm too this, I'm too that. And so I think I have begun to assert myself more in situations where some of my coworkers will look at me like, did you just say that? Or did you just say that? Like, not Shaquita, not Little Miss Nice, Kelsey lady. But it's 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 a process because I, first I have to start be- believing in myself. Um, I remember when I started my grad program, my brother was like, no, I was like, sink or swim. He's like, no, swim or swim. I was mm. like, oh, yes, swim or swim. So I applied for my first um leadership position and I didn't get chosen for the job but then I knew that the guy that was interviewing me he gave me some tips he was like start this way go this way you know sometimes you may have to leave your own school district to get some experience to come back sometimes you may have to go to the elementary school with the even though you have a background in secondary and high school so um it always goes back to swim or swim and sometimes you just have to push yourself through the adversity and and I'm slowly learning to do that okay okay Miss Joy you got the you were sipping on that tea there so tell us about your little clap I mean so in in your profession your clap back is really your customers or your clients right and you can't clap back at your clients for too often or too oh excuse me so let's go ahead and let's hear this clap back. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm gonna clap back, but it's just, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Right, right, that's, right. That's, that's really it. You could be extremely ghetto petty and still be professional. It's just how you say it. It's not necessarily what you say. So I'm, I'm and, really good at reiterating my, reiterating and reinforcing my policies and procedures that were that were made known to you before you contacted me. So there's no need for me to have to clap back unless you're just being, unless you're not doing your due diligence and doing the smallest thing like reading. So I don't know if that makes sense. Like I don't Come really- on verbiage. Come on verbiage. Speak it, speak it, speak it. <laughs> but I don't really have to, it's just how you say it. I can say, I hate you or I hate you. And you'll take the second I hate you better than the first one. It's just really all how you clap back. It's just what you say. It's how you say it, not necessarily what you say. So that's how I handle, you know, my stuff. So, here. so Jazz, you mentioned something earlier, code switching, right? Um, and I feel like I'm very, um, I'm probably not the right person in the room to like, I would love to just be a whole woman's conversation, but <laughs> um, code switching, right? Something that we as colored folk have to do pretty frequent. Um, uh, and even in that, like you said earlier, even in your email, sometimes we gotta, as per our conversation, such and such and such and such, um, how do you deal with it? Or 
Um, what's your response when people ask you or are surprised when you say you don't have to code switch at work, right? Or code switch, because because we're taught you got to sound a certain way, mm -hmm. you got to present yourself a certain way. And as women, um, it's almost, you have to code switch to come off softer um, and to not come off as the angry woman or in some cases, the angry black woman in the room, especially at the executive levels or management levels. Um, and then um, Shaquita, I mean, I, and I hope I'm not saying your name wrong. Um, um, you have to deal with it as well, right? Cause you know, um, you're dealing with vendors, you're dealing with um, buyers and unless you're plastered all over your, your site, people may not automatically know who you are and where you come from. Um, so how do you guys deal with um, dealing or not having to deal with code switching and the proverbial as per um, conversation type of emails that you guys may or may not have to deal with? Well, I can start. I went to my first market event last year. Yeah, because it was doing COVID. And it was, I don't know. And I, I, I'm, I can code switch, but I'm not going, I'm not going to, I'm going to be myself always. And so I, I dealt with people not even looking at me. You know how you, you at market, if you don't know, you at market, you have the different vendors set up and you go and you talk to them and you get their website, get their catalog. You may want to place the order then or what. I had vendors that did not even look my way. I had vendors that said that um, I don't think I'm in your price point. And oh, I can't afford this because I'm, you know, so I know what I don't, you don't even, I don't even need to expel this energy on you. So I, I just, you know what, I don't, I don't need that in my life. I can find another vendor. This not even my people don't even like that anyway, you know. And so I went to who who accepted me as me. So, and I found some pretty dope vendors and sold a lot of clothes from that market, but it, it was, it's uncomfortable, but you have to learn to be yourself and be strong. And so at school, I'm in a predominantly black school with mostly white staff. So I don't have to code switch because I'm about the only one in the office that can calm this kid down because I'm going to take him in the room and be like, now, you know, you shouldn't have did that, you know? So... Mm -hmm. I, I I see it a lot with my daughter because she's in a predominantly white school and I can I see her turning on and off. And sometimes mm. it's to her advantage, but I still want her to be herself. So so I push HBCUs on her. Uh, we watch all of this. We, all, we watch all that. I'm like, okay, your friends are this color. You're this color. But you be proud to be who you are. And so... Um, with the past election season, she 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 learned to deal with that because she had to deal with kids making wearing their Make America Great shirts and hats and everything and people on the team. And she she led those discussions in the locker room for basketball team. And she told me, well, they said this. And I was like, well, Taylor, you can't say this. She's like, no, I didn't say that. But we both had our points. And just because they support this don't mean they're right. Him don't mean they're racist. So code switching, I've, I've saw her use it to her advantage and I can use it to my advantage, but at the same time, I'm, a, I'm myself. Um, I'm on, I've had my locks for a year. Before I had my locks, I had my hair perm, then I went through the natural stage, I went through the wigs. I, like my, my principal knows, they don't, I may have a new hairstyle Monday when I walk in. But 
I'm comfortable in my locks. And when I was talking to my coworkers about growing my locks, one lady said, oh, I don't like that. Oh, yeah, I like your hair straight. Baby, I locked it up the next week because I'm going to be myself and I'm going to be who I am and I'm, I'm confident in myself. So so it can work to your advantage, but I, I in my line of work, I don't do it. I love that you brought up that um, it can work to your advantage. Cause like your daughter, when I was younger, um, I definitely did it. Like I, I can put on a sorority voice. I was, I was in a sorority and it was not a divine nine. So I definitely know how to use a sorority voice. Um, but as I've gotten older, I realized I need to be myself. Like I'm more comfortable being myself and I'm doing a disservice to myself by, um, putting on a facade just to appease people or think that I'm appeasing people. And I love that you brought up, um, Paige, you brought up um, like the angry black woman or just the angry woman trope. I saw this tweet this morning and it says, is she being rude or have you been socially conditioned into believing that women should be warm, positive and friendly at all times and are uncomfortable when they don't adhere to that behavior. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's it. That's it. Like my, the whole angry trope for women, especially for black women, um, my behavior isn't any different than Chad's or Steven's or whatever like that. It's just that you're you're hearing it from my mouth and all of a sudden it's abrasive or it's, so no, so no, I'm not going to, um, there are times, I'm not going to be, ignorant or and I'm not going to be um, I'm not going to use explicit language with you but I'm going to get my point across so whether this means I'm composing my emails like a mediocre white man and say, getting rid of pleases and saying uh, hey or whatever like structuring it so that my point is clear and there's no pleasantries or um, sandwiching things or I've stopped doing that um, and then also she, she you brought up something with your daughter. Oh, your hair, that's what it was. Um, like you, when I was younger, I had permed hair. I went natural sophomore year, no, uh, spring 2007. So freshman year of undergrad. And since then I've had curly hair. So um, I think I had a sew in one time, but for the most part, it's just been curls. And I've come to work with two strand twists. I've come to work with my hair like this. I've come to work with um, buns, pigtails, whatever like that. If they, if I have coworkers who can come to work with wet hair, people can't say anything about me coming to work how I have my hair done. And I have coworkers who regularly come to work with wet hair. (laughs) So that's perfect, right? I appreciate you bringing that up. So um, my last question for this, for this kind of coverage of your mental health and, and, and what you do is, you know, how do you deal with being compared to your counterparts, right? Um, that's your white male counterparts and your white female counterparts, women counterparts, right? Because you guys deal with it on both sides, right? And this fact that you have the white men are expected to succeed. They're expected to um, just, just do it all, right? Uh, well, mediocrely, right? And then you have your white women that are expected to look a certain way, 
are allowed to come in however they want, i.e. wet hair, right? And it looks okay because it's, it's straight hair. Um, how do you guys deal with constantly being compared to the counterparts in your prospective industries? So not at the firm I'm at now, but the one I was previously at, and not even necessarily the firm, but the account that I was on, um, we had, there were people who were really lax, especially when it came to um, attire. So much so that an email had to get sent out saying, hey, so you can't come to work in flip-flops and leggings. And, <laughs> and, and mind you, I was like, this was my first real big girl job. Like it was my first. <laughs> and so I was raised, no, you wear like, um, you wear blazers, you wear slacks, stuff like that. And then when I realized the company culture or at least our office culture, um, we were leaning more towards business casual. I was like, okay, cool. So in my mind, business casual is still like, it's not leggings and flip-flops. Um, and the running joke was because there were a few uh, minorities there, my, uh, minority women there. We were like, man, if we came to work looking like that, they fire us. And that was just something that we knew. Mm -hmm. And it was weird because like I was Hispanic. We had another, uh, or excuse me, I'm, I'm black. We had another Hispanic girl and then we had another black girl and we weren't raised together. Like we honestly met on the job, but that was just something that we all knew, man, if we tried that, they fire us or whatever like that. And I'm like, so why is it seen in our um, communities that, Hey, we can't even try this because we know that we can't get away with this. Um, and not in other ones. Like, why are we so so much harder on ourselves? And I feel like we are. Um, I feel like a lot of the restrictions that we put on ourselves are self-imposed. So that's why we're, uh, when I brought up, I, I'll wear my hair in two pigtails or like two buns or whatever like that. And I go to work and the first time I did that, I was like, oh my gosh, they're gonna say something, they're gonna say something. No one said anything. Like, in fact, I got complimented on it. And then when I got home and I called my friend, she was like, well, why would you think that they were going to say something? I was like, well, it's not a professional hairstyle. And she's like, what's a professional hairstyle? What define a professional hairstyle? She's like, was your hair done? I said, yeah, it was done. She's like, so it wasn't all over the place. I was like, no. She's like, even if it was, it would be an Afro. So what's a professional hairstyle? She's like, we put these self-imposed restrictions on ourselves or we put these, uh, we self-impose these restrictions on ourselves and we make it harder on ourselves. So mm -hmm. I love that. Shaquita was like, nah, I locked my hair up and I want to say something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I dare you. I wish you would. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm going I'm to toss this question to Shaquita and then Joy. Same question, right? How do you feel about um, being compared to your counterparts? I know for Joy, it's a little different. Um, uh well, it may not be different. I don't want to speak for you. So I'll let Shaquita go and enjoy. How do you guys feel being compared to your counterparts? Um, I I embrace being myself. So so when I first um, started teaching, I would dress nice. I wasn't in the khakis and polos all the time because our company is pretty lax and then you wear jeans on Friday. But I always dressed up. I have my slacks, I have my blazers, and I still do. At first, I did it because... I look like one of the high school kids. And so that's why I did it at first. And, and so I can set myself apart because, you know, I've been stopped in the hall and asked, where's my past before? So mm -hmm. so I, I, I've always felt the need to dress up because I wanted to, because sometimes I look like them. But 
as I've been at this, my particular place of employment for over 10 years, I still dress that way. And I see people get away with leggings and when you, and, and I can't wear leggings or I see people get away with skirts. Well, not skirts, dresses a little bit too short, but I can't do it because I'm, I'm blessed at the back and somebody's going to say something to me. So I, I, I'm, I don't even push the envelope because I ain't got time for it. But I like to dress presentable and I like to dress up and I like to feel good, feel good about myself. I had one of my coworkers say, girl, what you going, where are you going in those hooker boots? Baby, these, these ain't that tall. These not hooker boots. You, you need to see me on the weekend, you know? So, so <laughs> I embrace, I embrace setting myself apart from them as far as the way I look and the way I dress because they know that's mistake to come through. Sometimes if I'm in t-shirt and jeans, I'm they so used to me dressing up, they'd be like, "What's wrong with you today?" <laughs> I'm like, "Dang, I can't wear what you all wear, you know." And then in the summertime, there's not a lot of people there, but I know, like she said, I can't get away with the with the Nike shorts and long tees like my my um white counterparts because I'm blessed a little bit more but I don't wear it because I don't want the kids looking at me so 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 I I embrace the change but it's not I I pick my battles and I'm gonna look better than y'all anyway so because I'm gonna dress better than y'all so I just mm -hmm. embrace it <laughs> okay joy okay so <laughs> I I have two. Well, okay. I'm I'm a makeup artist. Hold on, y'all. I have a dog. Um, I'm a makeup artist. So a lot of people expect your makeup artist to come on set full face, hair curled, lashes on. I ain't doing it. That's not me. If you want me to come do your makeup or whatever, I'm gonna come in my shirt, my leggings my Crocs, and maybe a cardigan in a, a baseball cap. I want to be comfortable. You're going to get me at all times. I'm not dressing up. I'm not, I'm not, that, that's just not me. So I feel like a lot of my clients know, do I going to be comfortable? I prefer to be comfortable. I'm my best when I'm comfortable. I'm not coming to do your makeup, full face, be glam, because that's the extra 45 minutes that I could have been asleep. Not happening. So a lot of people in my older, well, when I first started, well, not even when I first started, when makeup artists started becoming popular as, as um, brands themselves, they would expect you to come fleeked out, not happening. I'm here to work. I need to be comfortable. So you get this, you're getting me. That's, that's me being authentic to myself. And either you, it doesn't, the, what, how I come looking is not going to affect what you're going to look like. I have to be comfortable to work. So I'm here, comfortable. Your makeup is going to be beautiful, all that kind of stuff. So going along with that, I have a skincare company. Because I don't wear makeup, that helps me with my skincare because, dang, you a makeup artist and you don't wear no makeup? No, but I got skincare products for you. When you take your makeup off, you still want to be pretty. I have, I, So that's how I... Okay, okay, face. <laughs> so that's how... It is for me. I'm I'm not I'm not showing up glammed up. I don't care because I'm gonna be uncomfortable. Then I'm gonna have an attitude, and that, you're not gonna get joy. You gonna get somebody else. So <laughs> that's how I that's how it works for me. And even at my daytime job, I'm still not showing up three piece suit. 
I'm I might put on a nice little top, some leggings, and some, and some fancy Crocs. That's it. Because I have to be comfortable. I'm my best self when I'm comfortable. I do my best work when I'm comfortable. I'm not finna dress up for what? Not happening. But more powerful people they do. But as for me in my house, it ain't happening. You gonna take these Crocs and this cardigan, and we're gonna call it a day. So, so Joy, I want to really follow up real quick. And um, Ashley, I know I told you the next one, but um, your industry is unique in a sense where you have both black men and women, um, white men and women doing makeup. Um, do you find there to be a challenge in that arena or do you find it amongst your own culture that's more of a challenge? You're muted. Okay. Yep. Can hear you. Hello. Okay. Yep. Um, I used to, but it like my mindset now is like I'm not really worried. I'm not because mm. what's for me is for me. My that's my client. If that's my client, that's to be my client. White, black, Indian, it don't matter. That's that's just my mindset. That might be a terrible thing for a future up and coming. <laughs> nah, person. nah, that's boss moves. Like, that's boss moves. That's like, boss moves. What's for me is for me. If you want to book with me, you want to purchase me, you're going to book with me, you're going to purchase me. Somebody who might be better or look, that ain't got nothing to do with me. You buying my personality, my brand anyway. So you're already attracted to me. So what everybody else has going on and what they have to say, I don't care about that. That really has nothing to do with me. And, my and, I mean, and to bounce on, off of that. that oh, sorry, I didn't go ahead. You no, go ahead. Go ahead. You the guest. So um, I love that you said that, Joy, because it's like, it's enough room out here for everybody to eat. Like you have prior to um, makeup artists becoming popular, you had all these makeup brands who sold the same thing. Like <laughs> they all right. sold foundation. They all sold concealer. They might not have had darker shades. Shout out to Fenty um, and Juvia's <laughs> Place and all these ones who now embrace the darker complexions. Um, but they all sold the same things. And can we curse on here? Do what you do. Yeah. This is not for children. So they also the same shit. So <laughs> <laughs> they did. And I mean, if they all stayed afloat, why not? Like everybody got to eat. We could all eat. Exactly. Because it might be six makeup artists and 5,000 people. And Joy ain't doing 5,000 people because y'all not finna wear me out. I'll be tired. <laughs> so I'm going to send you to somebody else. It's, I, it's no point of being greedy. Because when you're greedy, you cut your own pocket short. There you go. So now, Joy, good. before before we go to the next, could you shout out your um, skincare line and where we can find it? We want to make sure people know so we could drop it in the, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get good skin like you. Look, I don't know if the camera do me justice, but you know, I don't put makeup on. So I, I guess I got a cheat code. Um, let yeah. us know where, where we can find you. So my skincare business is called Smooth Skincare, and it's skincare for people who love healthy skin. We have everything from cleansers and toners to serums, treatments, and moisturizers, and we have afterpay, too. So don't spend your stimulus in one day. Pay with afterpay. Save your coins. Get your skincare. Um, but yeah, it's a really good... I, may, I might be a little biased, but it's a really amazing company. It's literally something for everybody. Um, it's a lot of this organic, uh, cruelty-free because we love the animals. Um, my website is oh so smooth s m o u v e dot com, and uh, yeah, go check it out. If you want a recommendation, 
I have a skin quiz and you can fill in your little um fill in your information and it'll tell you everything that you need to buy to have the best skincare regimen. So yeah, go shop. Ashley, shop. sounds like we got our first sponsor. So we'll send right? you a check, Joy. Joy, expect our invoice, all right? Yeah, we gonna go. <laughs> and then also I would like to say, even without makeup, because y'all I've seen all of you guys in person and stuff for Shakita. Y'all seen me, my face. I use smooth, smooth skincare. So I got the serum. I got the face wash. I have the moisturizing oil. And I was like, oh, this, I was going to buy it to support my friend. And then it worked. And I was like, oh, man. Joy, this yeah, your skin work. Looks like your skin this looks really work. good. <laughs> I think she's gonna. I think she's gonna test all that to the sister locks, but I think she's giving the skincare some light right now. <laughs> exactly. So between these sister locks and smooth, I be coming through. Um, I did want to. Um, I think you got these ladies. I keep calling y'all guys. I don't think you guys. I think you're ladies. I want to thank you, ladies, for all of your uh, all of that insight towards like your uh, workplace and things of that nature. Um, as each of you know, I think y'all are amazing. Um, I think you're the epitome of black girl magic. Um, from my own experience, even when I called, spoke with you all about being on the show, when I was explaining, this is why I want you. All of y'all kind of had that response like, me? And I realized that I do the same thing whenever people are giving me praise. Um, I understand that this too is imposter syndrome. And I know we talked on imposter syndrome in the workplace but in regards to like your uh blogging your uh your apparel lines and your makeup what um how do you deal with imposter syndrome um standing out from the crowd um and if you do have imposter syndrome in those areas how do you think it manifests or how does it manifest so i know for me i'll no no go ahead go ahead I will compare the hell out of myself to somebody when it first happens. I'm like, when Ashley talked, I was like, what is she talking about? What? She, what? You want me to be on a, a call? What? And I was like, what you want? Like, why you want me to do it? I really found myself comparing myself and like downplaying myself knowing I'm a shit. But I, I think it's low-key, no, high-key, I think, y'all, excuse my dog. I, I really don't get an animal. I really think that it's me. It's it's two things. Me being afraid because I will I will admit I'm afraid of success, which is really weird. But I'm afraid of success, and I also want to keep myself humble. I don't want to be arrogant, and I I I know I got it inside of me to be that arrogant. Excuse my language, bitch. So it's just like. It's either I'm afraid I'm gonna be really, really good, but I don't want to be too, too good to where I impress myself. So it's like a happy medium. Like me, you want me? It's like a humbling experience. But uh, girl, you the shit. Look what you did. Like okay, calm back down. Like bring it back. So that's how it is for me. So yeah. So. I'm sorry to interrupt y'all, but I do want to also add. So you said the number one thing that I was thinking when I when I was writing this. Do you think that as a black woman, the way we're raised, our immediate thought whenever people give us like positive feedback is that I need to be humble. 
I need to be humble. Um, why do you think that that's like a major contributor to imposter syndrome among like us in our achievements? 100%. Like, I think that plays into the whole, like, not just, I think we get it double being a black woman, um, but definitely being a woman, like it, it, pays, it plays into the whole, well, you have to be nice and you have to be warm and you have to be like, you're not, you're not, we're not expected to be cocky. Um, which is weird because we should, because like Joy said, we the shit. And it's weird. Like it definitely, it manifested for me um, with blogging because by like taking me years to monetize my blog. I'm what's considered a nano influencer. So I have less than 50. I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> but I have like less than 50,000 followers across the board, which is fine. I'm fine with that because my engagement rate is phenomenal and my um, I'm able to, my, my community is small, but we, we tight, we roll together. Um, but it took me a while to monetize that because I was like, oh, brands won't want to work with small bloggers. They definitely won't want to work with small black bloggers. Um, and it's the exact opposite. Now, granted, we're still working on like making sure we get equal pay, but they definitely want to work with us. And um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it took me a second to not do that or to, to monetize because I had imposter syndrome. Mind you, but on the flip side, people would say, oh, well, what do you do? And I'd rattle off what I do, like Loretta Devine in Waiting to Excel, like, oh, we just got a little this, 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 you know, just a little Sunday dinner. And I'm like, yeah, I just have this, 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 this. I just worked with this punk company. I worked with PG, uh, Procter & Gamble, Kleenex, FX, you know, NBC, working, saying all this and they're like, wait, wait a minute. So you do a lot. What are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, well, but we minimize it. So not only do we have imposter syndrome, but we minimize what we do. And I feel like that affects us. Like that definitely affects us because we don't want to be seen as arrogant, but we do need to understand that we are the shit and we have the, we we should be cocky at times. Uh, for me, I just experienced this. Um, February, they celebrate school counselor week. So, you know, normally they'll do a special day for us. They'll, pay, they'll buy us lunch and, and everything. But my department, I mean, like every day I walked in and it was a gift on my desk. Like one day they, they bought me a massage. One day they got me a whole bunch of bath and body work. One day they gave me, they gave me, they slid me $20 and said, we can't bring wine to work. So I was like, okay, thank you. So I was like, what did I, what did I do to deserve? It's like, all oh, this was little on me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm big on what you said, Jazz, trying to be humble. But at the end of the day, they'll be lost without me at that place. So, so I, I don't want to seem too cocky or too arrogant. That's where that imposter syndrome kicks in because I always downplay what I do and everything. But in actuality, I don't know what they'll do if something happened to me or if I left. So mm -hmm. we, we, I agree that we really don't give ourselves enough credit. Mm -hmm. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we were done with that. <laughs> Um, so, well, that you, you ladies bring up a great point. So in the, in the imposter syndrome, in being the black person, being a woman and not shrinking yourself down, how do you, so we're all millennials 
And so one day you decided to blog jazz. One day you decided I'm going to do makeup. I'm going to stop doing whatever I'm doing and do makeup. And then you decided you're going to do a skincare line, Joy. One day you decided you were going to um, do your apparel business. And I think my sister was telling me you had another business as well. So one day you just decided you want to be a counselor and an entrepreneur. What what was the turning point or what was it that made you say, okay, I'm, I'm doing this and... I'm going to be great at this. For me, uh, and your sister's probably talking about the MLM I was a part of because my husband and I were very, very successful in a, in a multi-level marketing company. And we're no longer with that company, but it, I'm like going back to when it doesn't bring me joy anymore, anymore I let go of it. And, and, and I missed that income, but I wasn't happy. And it wasn't what the work that I was putting into it. And, and basically we started the company to pay for our wedding. Mm-hmm. After my wedding was paid for, you know, like, all right, let's move on to something else. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, um, a lot of people don't know my story, but I came in with my daughter. My husband came in, we like the Brady Bunch. He came in with a son. And then after we got married, I had two miscarriages. And so it was like, I never, I, I, I'm trying to do it the right way, guy, you know? And so I had my son and that's how I got my, my online, my boutique kingdom kids. And so like I was, I, I left my position as a counselor, as a school teacher and I went home for a while. And that's when everything started coming to fruition. Like I got to do what's best for me because mm-hmm. It was stressful being a teacher at a high school and, you know, kids in my class were pregnant and I couldn't get pregnant. And so I had to take time for myself. But then when I um, when I finally got pregnant with my son, I had to find something to make up for the income from the MLM that I left, but something that I, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so I started that in 2016 and, and I, I, I moved a little bit too fast, but I will say, even though with the pandemic, 2020 has been my best year, was my best year. So it's just finding something that I love that, that gives me joy and then the money will come. I like that. Yeah. So, um, so my blog actually started off as like an online diary. It's gone through a few iterations. Uh, it hasn't even always been my name. Like I decided last year, I was like, you know what? I'm a rebrand. It's going to be my name now. This way I could, whatever I decide to do with it in the future, I don't have to worry about changing it over again. Um, but yeah, no, it started off as an online diary and it stayed that way. Uh, I would share my opinions on situations to, whether they be current event or evergreen um, or current events or evergreen content. Um, And then around 2015, 2016, I decided to monetize and by working with brands, doing sponsorships, all the stuff like that. Um, But I wanted to make sure, I wanted to make sure that I was still true to myself. Like I wanted to make sure that I was still talking about topics that were, that I was passionate or that I am passionate about. So um, I, one of the recurring series, one of the recurring series I have on there is um, my experience with my IUD. So like I said, 
I'm not a parent. My path to parenthood is adoption. So uh, I have wanted long-term birth control for a very long time. Like I, I was almost to the point, actually I did ask my doctor, I was like, so can y'all take it? Like, I don't need it. Can you, can you, you can take it out if you want. He was like, there's no medical reason for us to take out <laughs> uterus, ma'am. They're not going to take it out. Um, but he was like, but you can do uh, an IUD. He said, we can do that. And I was like, okay, cool. So I started doing research. There was no information online other than like your medical information, but no one had talked about reviews. No one had shared their experience, no, especially no black women. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, this isn't new. Like these devices are not new. Why is no one, why is no one talking about this? Um, and so I started the series. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna do some research. I have a phenomenal gynecologist. Um, and so I did, had conversations with him, had conversations with his team, did some research, decided to go that route. And then I wanted to blog about it. And um, I've been blogging about it since 2015. I do check-ins. I'm like, hey, so this is going great. This is what I think I should change. Da, 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 da. Uh, and I've had a few brand partnerships out of that series. And that was another trigger to me like, hey, this is, or that was another like indicator that I know I'm doing something right. Like when I'm able to use my platform um, to have discussions about women's health and social justice and stuff like that uh and have positive feedback or just spark conversations like that's when I knew I was doing something right and I mean it's nice to get an extra check from it too so <laughs> hey it's Ashley Nicole I appreciate y'all for listening and hopefully you're all getting your keeping your cheeses on your crackers I'm dropping in on this episode to give you some goodies have you been wanting to get into the podcast game and don't know where to start? I got you. I have answers. If you haven't already heard about Anchor by Spotify, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor has everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Let me say it again, um, in case you missed it. Everything that you need to make a podcast is conveniently in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Free 99, zero dollars, zero cents. So go ahead, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started now. I can't wait to listen to your podcast too. So for me, I've been doing makeup since 2008 and I got tired of doing it. So it just made sense. I do makeup, what's related to makeup, looking good, how do you look good? Make sure you take care of yourself. The first thing people are going to see is your face. My face looks pretty. I like skincare, sell skincare. Like it just made sense. And it, and it sounds pretty good, I might say. And people like it. So when I had my, when I first dropped, I was like, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think people are going to mess with me, buy my stuff. Little did I know I sold out. So I was like, okay, I might be onto something. So I'm going to keep going and keep going. I'm going to quit and I'm going to keep going again. And then I started back doing makeup like full time. And so everything just started working. My makeup clients started using my skin. Like 
it just all made sense. So I think the turning point was like being tired of the same old, same old. I'm like, I need something new, but I don't want to do something that I have no, no knowledge of. I want to do something in the same field in a sense. So that's what it was for me. And it made sense. So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna ride with it till I can't ride with it no more. You're muted, Ashley, if you're talking. Every time. Every time. So that's uh, so thank y'all for your patience while I unmuted. Uh, so that I, I really enjoyed that insight on um I guess the in-between stories from I went to college to do this to now I'm blogging, doing makeup, having skincare. Um, so that's kind of like my journey and what led me to starting this uh this show. Um in our community, I noticed that there's a lack of conversation about mental health, about dealing with stress, about the the physical side effects and the um, just all that goes along with mental health. Do you think that, so I know Shaquita, you mentioned when you were having your issues, you did, um, one of the reasons when you left your job, it was you were seeing those I guess, triggers the, the children who are having babies. And stuff. How did you deal with that? Or how did you come to notice, okay, this is something that I'm going to have to do a little work to deal with so that I can make it to whatever my next step is? Yeah. And I was, I was pretty open. I didn't blog or anything, but I was pretty open about my whole thing when I was going through it because, um, you know, we were in the MLM company and, and I had a big following. So, Everyone was excited for baby Lathan and it was it's it's all happened so fast. It was like one one minute we're excited, we're getting ready, we're about to purchase a crib. And then um that was 2000, I think maybe 14. I spent Valentine's Day in the hospital. And then I and then we left February 15th, just came up on my, my memories on Facebook. And I was like, everyone, baby Lathan is okay, everyone's doing fine and everything. And so I I had a strong support system to get through it. Mm -hmm. But after that second time that it happened, I like didn't I wasn't as vocal about it, but close family knew. And and I just I just I just had a strong support system basically I didn't go to counseling for it um but I worked through it on my own and so um I'm not I'm an advocate for counseling and mental health it wasn't until uh, I had my set of twins that I had to seek professional help because I had postpartum and mm -hmm. so it was it was it was a constant back and forth Lord Jesus I pray I wanted this and now I'm dealing with they're here and now I'm dealing with this so um, I, I didn't seek professional help until later on, but I, I will attest to having a strong support system in my parents, my sister, my husband, my friends, just that, that just helped me get through it. I think, and, and um, I appreciate you sharing. I think, um, and even from a man's perspective, talking about or acknowledging um, I've experienced um, miscarriages with my partner in the past, stillborns in the past, um, and that's tough. We don't talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. 
And unfortunately, it happens more often than a lot of people are willing to talk about it. So yeah. I'm really, I really appreciate you sharing that part of your story because it's not the end all of who you are as an individual, as a mother, um, as a woman, right? It doesn't make you any less of any of those. Um, you know, it, it's just, it, it just shows how strong women are um, in bouncing back. It just shows how resilient women are in bouncing back. And like you said, having that right support system um, is good. Um, and realizing at some point or another, um, you do need to talk to somebody, right? I think a lot of times it happens, we sweep it under the rug and you know, it never, it never comes up again until another triggering moment occurs, right? Yeah. And you're, you're watching TV, a baby come across the street, across the screen, or um, you just hear, you know, the questions. And then from a guy's perspective, I am 30, I'm about to turn 39, no children, um, all, at least not all the way through, right? Um, and parents are asking me, um, when are you having kids? It's not due to a lack of trying. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. um, yeah. I think it's I think it's something that both both parties of the um, relationship have to deal with a lot of times. But I think um, with women, it's it's like I have seen how it impacts you guys more because you were carrying and you were having those feelings and you were having the heartbeat and. You know, it's, it's like I said, I, I commend you for even talking about it. Cause I know some people that wouldn't even bring it up in conversation. Yes. It's, it's amazing. After I went through it, you had so many people that would inbox me or come up to me. Like I dealt with this. Let me know if you have any questions and do this and do that. And like, I never knew, you know, like they never talked about it. No, like people, you wouldn't think that, you know, and people that still don't have kids, they tell me that they experienced it. And so like, for me, the subject was almost taboo. And I'm like, no, this needs to, this deserves some attention. This needs to be discussed because so many people, more people than you think have dealt with it. So like my path to um, mental health is a little bit different. Um, I lost my mom when I was 14. And um, I am absolutely blessed with the most amazing stepmom in the world. Like I definitely hit the jackpot and I have people tell me that all the time um my stepmom has been a huge advocate for mental health from the jump like she was like hey y'all I'm not gonna pressure you. she's like I'm not gonna force you to take there or to go to therapy but I think it would be very beneficial if you did you just experienced a tremendous loss at such a young age um and it took a few years for me to actually embrace it. And I went through a few therapists. I went through some who were more religious and had a verse for every question that I had. And don't get me wrong. I love the Lord. I am definitely a Christian. That is not the therapy for me. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, I've since realized that um, I need to go, I need to, my therapist needs to be a black woman. So my past three therapists have been black women because there are certain things that can just go unsaid. Like I had a session yesterday and I'm having a session next week. Um, <laughs> and there were moments where we just made a face. And uh, like we started off, she was like, how are you doing? And I was like, you know, I'm a black woman in America in the middle of this panini. And she was like, girl. 
She's like, we'll unpack that. But yes, I, I, I see you, sis. I understand. Um, and I don't have to spend half of my session talking about microaggressions or um, hair at work or anything like that because they're just things that black women know. Like we, we have shared experiences. There are things that we just know. Um, but yeah, like I, even my friends, like my friends, my, there's been some hesitation with the family and I find that mental health in the black community, in the black American community as a whole, um, is something that's still unfortunately seen as taboo and it shouldn't be like their doctors, like our dentists, like our GPs, like our gynos, like our dermatologists, um, you see them. Uh, or in my opinion, you should see them for tune-ups. Like you need to see them like you would see a regular doctor to make sure that you're okay mentally. Um, But you get this whole, oh, you need to go to God in prayer or you need to, or you're not praying hard enough. You're not, you can talk to a big mom or you can talk to your mom. Sometimes you need an unbiased opinion. And I found that that is incredibly helpful. And um, I went from seeing a therapist for grief to to seeing a therapist for maintenance. And of course, as living in this panini and living as black living as a black person in America and the the cyclical cycle or the, the cyclicalness of like black lives matter or stuff like that there there's there are times where I have sessions that are grief and it's like I didn't know Brianna Taylor but I'm grieving for her or I didn't know like I didn't know these people but I'm grieving for them so it, what started off as me grieving the loss of my mom has turned into so much more and I have a wonderful relationship with my therapist as best as we can <laughs> as a patient doctor relationship so my background is my parents both of my parents are preachers grew up in a church bible thumping they got a kids ministry they give out food clothes they do outreaches all of that that's cool so I literally had, I'm 34, 34, shit. Um, when I was 30, 34 isn't old. You're, you're not old. 34 is not old. It's hell. <laughs> I don't look like it, but it's old. But um, when I was, tur- I think it, I was turning 30 or I turning 30. No, I was turning 30. And I just started like, all of a sudden, I started getting anxiety attacks. All of a sudden, I started letting niggas stress me out. All of a sudden, I was just having a nervous breakdown. And I was like, okay, what the hell? Not me. Not, I got everything under control. Not, oh, it's cool. Something going on. So moving on down the 30-year-old line, had a had two panic attacks. My third panic attack, I literally lost my mind. I was like, you know what? I can't do this life shit no more. I'm up out of here. But something on the inside of me was like, hold on, fam. Before you check out, you need to reel yourself back in because you work being here. Like, where you going? You got, you ain't, you've accomplished a lot, but you have not accomplished nearly half of the shit you're supposed to accomplish. So you need to get your mind straight first and foremost. And I remember like it was this morning. I, I, was stressing out. I was letting somebody stress me out. I was allowing myself to be stressed out. I was like, I'm finna go. I'm finna leave. I'm finna get out of here. I went, just went driving. And normally when I drive, I'd be just listening to music. And so that, that day, I didn't listen to nothing but outside. I don't know how I ended up at a mental but I ended up there and I met, I was when I said, I didn't, I, right now 
have a conversation because I know my mental is is off and I want to be I'm not ready to go I don't want to pray it out I want to talk it out so that was my first interaction with a quote-unquote therapist now remind you I just said my mom and dad are preachers so normally they'd be like oh take it to the Lord pray fast that's fine but right now sis need to talk to somebody who's not going to tell me that Jesus is going to fix it all. Because he will. That's cool. But I need to talk to somebody, like you said, unbiased. I need to talk to somebody, a worldly person, somebody who went to school to help folks who sometimes mind go off track, all that kind of stuff. So that was, I'm so glad it happened because now I'm like, I, I, I can notice when I'm about to go to a dark place or I can notice when I'm not thinking straight and after all that happened I started going to therapy and I worked it out I figured out what my triggers were I don't let nobody stress me out if I if I feel like you're gonna stress me out you got to go because I can't afford to let you mess with this because this is all I got like at the end of the day this is all I got so I can't let I can't afford to let nobody stress me out. I'm open to talking to a mental health therapist whenever I feel like I might possibly be going down in the world. To go to to let yourself be comfortable enough, open enough. Who deals with mental health and who deals with people with with who and just talk to a therapist just talk to somebody and I'm so grateful that with mental health too he's dealt with depression and all this kind of stuff I'm so grateful that he understands me because I can be like this is one of them days he'd be like okay sit down we finna meditate as opposed to me going talking to my mama or my daddy and they'd be like well have you prayed today what they got to do with it? I need to talk to somebody because my mind, I'm not talking about my spirit, bro. My mind ain't here. I need to talk to somebody. So if you have any doubts about going to talk to somebody in therapy, don't have them doubts no more because therapy is like the best thing. Your mental health is all you have at the end of the day. You can be $5 million in the bank. You can be 50, have $50 in the bank. That don't matter. What, what you got up here? What's going on up here? Are you mentally stable? Are you mentally sound? Like, get this together and then everything else will be okay. So that's my that's I, my, my lesson for the day, my, I, my word of the day. Pass the plate, <laughs> people. Thank you. <laughs> Pass the plate, Pat. Well, no, I mean, this is a very important conversation to have, right? Um, I think um, a lot of things were said here. Um, you know, one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people don't go to therapy is prayed away, right? Um, last season, our last episode was about prayed away. And we had um, two, two reverends and a yogi jump on and kind of had the conversation of where they came from, you know, what their experiences were like that led them to seeking therapy in one way or another. Um, and it's important. I mean, there's you can't talk to your mate about everything. You can't talk to your pastor about everything. You can't talk to, you know, your best friends about everything. Because one of the biggest issues that talking to an, a biased person is that they tend to either demoral, de, 
demean what you're going through. Um, they interject themselves into what you're going through. Um, they make it seem as though that the, the, the full power to use right now is crazy, right? We're not crazy. You're not crazy because you're going to therapy. You're not crazy because you're going through what you're going through. You are human, right? We One of the things that um, I appreciated about Ashley for bringing me on is she wants to humanize mental health, right? Far too often, um, those with a mental health issue are looked at as if, you know, everyone with a mental health disorder um, looks like a schizophrenic or looks like someone who's going through something, right? And even those people are still human. They just are dealing with and have to deal with their mental health in a different way. So I commend you all for actually having the conversation about mental health and the reasons why each of you sought out mental health. Um, an objective body is always the best person to talk to, especially when they have the clinical and education behind providing you ways to um, break down your issues and allow you to identify what they are and resolve them. Um, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions of therapy is you're going to go sit there on the couch have them tell you about their dream, your dreams, and really, you know, so I really want to stay here with the mental health aspect. Tell us, if you don't mind sharing, um, what were your thoughts going into mental health therapy um, or into therapy, and what was the actual experience like? Because for me, it was like, look, I'm paying you to fix my problems. It's like, nah, B, that's not how it works. We got to talk this shit through. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You got to be, and, and the hardest part of therapy for anybody that we I've talked to is being honest with yourself, right? Um, the hardest part is telling a stranger what you're going through and being extremely vulnerable as to what they say coming back. You know what I mean? Um, what you get back can either be, if you got a good therapist, can either be oh, okay, I'm not as bad as I thought I was. Or it could be like, oh, okay, how do we fix this? So please, if, if you guys don't mind, share your um, experience, if, if that's okay. Well, being a school counselor, I, I have some training on counseling. And, and so I kind of knew what to expect going in, but it, it just opened my eyes, just being able to sit down and, say the things that I wanted to say without being judged, it, it, it was very cleansing for me. And so my counselor was not a black woman. So it, it, I didn't keep on going after I overcame the issue and I'm actually looking for a new counselor now, but it was, it was very cleansing for me to just sit there and let all this out and not be judged and to help realize, you know what, I'm not crazy. And, and, and these thoughts that I have, they are real. And it just takes some time to pro it takes some time to process it and get and get through it and work through it. And to that point, um, you don't have to stick with the person you start with. Mm -hmm. um, I've learned personally, and other people have attested, you will outgrow your therapist. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think we, we have to realize, um, that it, the one therapist doesn't have to be there for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that's definitely like, what happened with me. 
Yeah, just like with people, people are in, in and out of your life in season. So um, don't think you have to stick with the right person. Um, mm -hmm. I transitioned from a man, a male therapist to a woman therapist just started. Um, I'm looking forward to the experience and the feedback um, just because I believe it's going to be two different experiences. And I also want to chime in and thank you very much for that. Um, that ex your experience, Shakita, because a lot of uh, the times, one of the things I also want to like push is that therapists need therapists, counselors need therapists, Ever nobody's exempt. Everybody is going to come to a point in time where they're going to need to have that listening ear. They're going to need to talk to somebody, work through some things like you're not people, our community, we seem to think that you know, that's a white people's thing, or that's just not something we do. And then if it is something we do, it's like, why do um, this person should have the tools to get through da 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 But at the same time, although you do have the, the tools to help other people, you still need somebody to help you. For me, it was like, I need somebody to help me work through these thoughts. So even if you have the tools, you need to bounce those thoughts, you need to bounce those issues off of somebody. So thank you for, uh, for that insight. Yeah. So like Paige, I, whatchamacallit, I changed therapist for different levels of, or different like seasons of my life. I like that you brought that up. Um, when I first started off, I was going to, she was great, actually phenomenal, uh, Jewish woman. And then I was like, okay, so I've, I've done everything that I can do with her. Um, and I moved around or I found another therapist and I had the guy who was super religious and I was like, this ain't gonna work. Um, then I had a black guy and then I had um, some black women and I knew like it was, I don't think that the current therapist that I have, I don't think that I'm going to have her forever, but she's doing what I need her to do for me in this season in my life. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, he brought up seasons and one of the phrases uh, a friend of mine used to say when we were younger, he was like, people in your life, people are in your life for reasons and seasons. Um, when you find that they're in your life for longer or for forever, they're in your life for a reason. And then when you find that they are in your life for a purpose, um, whether it be temporary, whatever like that, they're in your life for a season. And I thought that was really dope. So the phrase for the uh, the year is uh, you're on mute. <laughs> Joy, were you going to say something? I was, but I forgot. So go ahead. It's all good. It's all good. All right. So with the theme for International Women Day, Women's Day um, is choose to challenge. How do you make a choice to promote equality in your industry for black women? How are you promoting equality for women within your industry? More, more specifically, black women in your industry. Professionally, I'm trying to get more black women into the industry. Honestly, I'm trying to get more millennials into the industry, trying to get more black, black millennials into the industry. Um, Ashley and I are a part of a, a nonprofit organization 
And I shout from the rooftops every time I get an audience. I was like, y'all, y'all should consider commercial real estate. Have you considered commercial real estate? The pay is awesome. We touch so many industries. You get paid really well to do great work. Like I, I tell people all the time, I was like, I get paid to spend other people's money. I get paid to talk to people. I get paid to like, and it's fun. Like it's so much fun. So first goal is to get more black millennials, more black millennial women in it. Um, and then second to build upon that, I've joined um, our my firm's women's network. I'm actually a part of the leadership team locally. So our regional women's network. And I was, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm brag on myself a little bit cause you know, we the shit. Um, <laughs> I've also recently been tapped to be a regional lead for our diversity and inclusion uh, council. So um, I wanna make sure that my voice is heard, that my concerns are heard in the firm and how we can give uh, how we can give back to not only our employees but give back to the communities around us um and with that also um amplifying black voices and that's what i'm doing like day job <laughs> for me it's um um this is a good question what is a hard question because wait i'm gonna let you quit it though and then i'm gonna come back go ahead um, for me, I'm, I am an advocate for everyone, especially black girls that look like me. So um, I'm a school counselor, but I work in career tech. So I get the kids that a lot of the kids that aren't your best and brightest and A students and are not going to this place and that place. And we and I have a conversation with them like, what do you want to do? It's okay if you don't want to go to Ole Miss. It's okay if you don't want to go to Mississippi State. You can go to Northwest down the road, community college, get you a two-year certificate or trade and make more money than me and be in a lot less debt than I am right now currently with my three degrees. So so I help the kids be themselves because um a lot of them don't know what they're going to do right now. So um, I start with working with them in the ninth grade. We take all these interest inventories. We figure out what they want to do. Um, we feel like what figure out what they don't want to do. And then we go from there. So um, at my school, we have maybe 11 different programs. And so I help place them in like the nursing program. We have a new sports med program, culinary, automotive, construction, welding. So I love what I do because when you think school counselor, you think I'm helping them get in the job. Well, some of them, I mean, go to school. Well, some of them I do college applications with. I do resumes with them. I do financial aid with them. I do any and everything. But my job is different from my academic counterparts because I, um, I'm i more career focused. So I work with a lot of kids that aren't making 25, 26, 27, 30s on the ACT. I have some that are making 15, 16, 14 and can barely get to this trade school, but are going to go and do great things with their lives. So I push a lot of my kids to just do what you enjoy, do what you want to do. It's okay if you're a black girl and you want to work on cars. Do you know how easy it's going to be for you to find a job of working on the car, of uh, working on cars as a black woman? If I pull into a dealership or if I pull into somewhere to get my oil changed and I see somebody that look like me, I'm coming to you first and I feel more comfortable with you. So I, I push for um, 
helping people that look like me especially but just helping kids realize what they want to do and what, how they're going to do it and how to live life after high school even if you're not going to their four-year university even if you're not going to be a doctor even if you're not going to be a lawyer that's okay listen there's a there's a black woman in the pit crew at nascar so i mean she's doing her thing right now moving moving tires and changing oh look she making it work and she looking good at it too so listen black girl magic at its best you know and trades are important. Like, I feel like um, that's something that's not pushed on kids or it definitely wasn't pushed on when I was in school. They weren't pushing trades. They were like, no, you need to go get your four year. You need to go. Bruh, these trades. I don't know if y'all know the winter storm in Houston. Plumbers are cleaning up. GCs are cleaning up. And that's what happens. Like even with the construction work. So I do property and project management. These GCs, they make money. The HVAC techs, the, the mechanical engineers, they make money. So I, I'm i with you, girl. Push them to trades. Like, go get your two-year certificate or go get your two-year degree. Get your certificate. Make sure all that stuff is in line and make your money. You come out way less debt. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm ready now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm a I'm a black girl, brown girl supporter. I love anything black. Oh my God. Oh my God, I love it. So I think the the best way I can answer this question is I started my company for us, for black girls that look like me. Cause Neutrogena, Nivia, that's cool. But that wasn't made for us. We got color, we got melon. We need something that was specifically made for us. Not no Shea Moisture because that's really not black owned. But you know, things made by a black, FUBU, for us, by us, by black girls, by black people. I love black people. So I try to promote other black people. I try to boost, like I just, if a black person made it, I want it. Like, that's just how I feel. Like, that's how I promote black. I don't, I don't, I mean, that's just, that's, I love it. If a black girl, especially if a black girl made it, if a black girl made it, I want it. If a black person made it, I want to support it. I, I just want to see us at the top. Like we, it's long overdue. It's long overdue. I'm tired of other people stealing our culture, other people stealing our ideas. We did it. We might not did it first, but I can guarantee you we did it better. I want to see us win. I want to see us at the top. I want to see us be successful, rich, happy all that i and i try to people that help me with my company they're all black Mm. most of them are women i got like two men black men but i when i become a big old skincare company a big old makeup company i want law of attraction let's go my people that i employ to be black I'll be a podcast host when you're ready, or photographer, or videographer. Holla at your boy. You know what yeah, I mean? Same we way. got this. We got like, this. Like this is how I feel. Like I, I'm black people. Black. Listen, power. I could I could see it in how you're trying to ex- ex- explain yourself. There's no words to explain it, and I there love is, it. There is no. There's not enough letters on this keyboard to form words. <laughs> so so. I have a quick question, right? So Jazz, you mentioned early, earlier um, diversity inclusion, right? 
I'm assuming, and um, let me not assume, um, you're doing commercial real estate for an organization that's probably predominantly white. Correct? You are correct. It's actually and a Canadian company. <laughs> there you go. Um, and, you know, um, although the people say they don't see color, right? Um, it's easy to identify in the room those that are minority and expect them to be the voice for the people. Um, what are your thoughts on um, the pressure put on a lot of companies to identify a diversity or an inclusion officer um, to kind of make sure that one, us as minorities are recognized as, I mean, lack of a better term, consumers, you know, great employees, um, you know, uh, great executives. How has that role for you been so far in, in kind of like challenging the status quo of, of what's going on? So um, this is a brand new role, like being a, um, a lead is a brand new role for me. Uh, I gave up other uh, lead leadership roles <laughs> recently <laughs> and decided to take this on instead, kind of like a take something off my plate, add something back to it, something I'm talking mm -hmm. to my therapist about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but no, um, one of the things that I truly appreciate about my firm is how diverse we are. And that's something that you don't typically see in this industry. Like it's not uncommon for there to be a few specks of pepper in the salt shaker <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, with local teams, with regional teams, whatever like that. Um, and that's how it was at the previous firm that I was at. Like it was for the longest time, it was me, one engineer and one other black girl. And we, we were the diversity as well. <laughs> and we had, we had like two Hispanic people, but we were the diversity. And I'm like, how is it with the team of 75 people that you have less than 10 minorities on, on your team? Um, so much so, and I actually went to HR on this at a previous manager. Uh, like I said, I, I didn't study this, didn't go to school for business, didn't go to school for construction or anything like that. So I didn't know um, a lot of the terms. I know a lot of the industry lingo. And we were having a discussion with my project management team and um, my director. She was like, yeah, uh, WOB um, and MOB. And I was like, okay, women -owned, woman owned business, got it. I was like, well, what's MOB? Cause like I said, didn't know industry terms or anything like that. She yells out in front of the entire team, you're the M in MOB. And I'm like, I am, I don't, I don't know what it is. Right, right. And she's like, minority. Okay. In front of like a team of eight people. She said that. Right hook. Right oh, I did. Oh, I did. I was like, um, so not only did I like write to HR, but I pulled her aside and I was like, Hey, so what you did was foul. Just want to let you know, I'm submitting this to HR, but I wanted to let you know before I did this. So you're not side, like sideswiped or taken off track. Um, what you did was file. don't do it again, but I am reporting this to HR. But I've left that firm, left that account, all that stuff like that. Um, and the firm that I'm with now is incredibly diverse. Like our local HR is black. We have two black guys. Um, we have black people in levels of like on exec levels. Like, so it's, and even other minorities. 
Um, so we didn't have that whole, we need to get black faces. Like we need to have people um, come in and say something, but I have seen that. Like I've seen that in other industries. I've seen that with other companies and it sucks. Like, why did it take this for you to realize that you need to amplify black and brown voices? Why did it take people being at home and not being able to do other things? And so they're actually seeing uh, what's going on in the news and they're actually seeing that black and brown people are being slain at crazy rates um, and nothing's being done about it. Like not only are they being killed, but there's no justice being served about it um, for you to realize, oh, we need to amplify these voices or we need to do this like this. We're not a money grab. Like this shouldn't be a money grab thing. And that's what it's become. Like you don't want to be canceled. So you see these companies saying, oh, well, we have, we have black voices or we support black people or we'll do, we'll throw up the black square. And it sucks because you saw like that wave of support and then now you're seeing it trickle down. And Somebody said, where did I see it? They were like, great, Black History Month is over. We're going to celebrate all year. Like, period. Like, this this doesn't stop. Like, just so you know, Black lives still matter. And you're seeing, you're, I'm still seeing companies do, like, knee-jerk reactions. And it shouldn't be that way. So um, as far as what I'm doing to change that in our company, I don't know if I necessarily need to change it, but I definitely want to stay on the, there's nothing that I need to change. But I want to make sure that, um the path that we're going that we continue down the path that we're going so that we are continuously promoting black and brown people who i mean just qualified black and brown people making sure that they're being amplified and promoted into the roles that they need to be in and making sure that we're not being silenced by um counterparts okay and and um my follow-up to that is and this is for both um Shakita and Joy, um, how are you feeling now that black and brown are becoming the face of advertisement in fashion, in in pretty much everything that we were we were already doing, but wasn't put in the forefront. I mean, especially now you got Rihanna breaking through glass ceilings, right? Um, we have um, every industry out there has a person of minority um, background kind of as their either spokesperson or the actors all of a sudden have color. You know, what are your thoughts around that? And then of course, um, the thing that kind of started breaking through, I want to say the last couple years was um, body positive um, advertisements. Right, that's a real big one, and you know, I wish we were able to talk about that a little bit more. But um, we're starting to see a lot of more body positive commercials where you ain't gotta be—I don't know what's a skinny size for women, so I'm not gonna throw a number out there. Um, you're, you're not finding the little zeros, right? It's not a size zero everywhere you go. Um, you're finding more curvy women, um, tall women, short women. Um, how are you guys feeling about that? Because that not only lifts a particular weight, right? Because women come in all shapes and sizes and shades. Um, and, you know, we're starting to see the, the shade spectrum of us being beautified, right? Because, you know, we used to do the dark skin, light skin conversation. Now, everybody in between is being put out there on forefront. You know, I, I really want to leave with, you know, how are you guys feeling with the path in which things are going and showing how positive 
black women can be, how beautiful black women can be in their natural forms. You have um, Sanaa Lathan cutting her hair off during um, the filming of that movie. Um, you have um, Regina King, um, director. Um, you know, we black girl magic is is everything now. You guys are pushing the envelope. How are you guys feeling about that in in a whole? I, I know I said a lot, but talk about wherever you guys feel you want to jump in. So I think it's amazing. I also think it's sad because it's why it took this long. Black girls been here, big black girls been here, loud black girls been here, nerdy, geeky, corny, cheesy, eccentric, music. Black girls been here. Why did it take this long for you to give us a platform? Why did it take this long for you to accept us? Why did it take this long? It doesn't make any sense, but I'm glad it's finally here. And I'm glad you that people are experiencing the black girl. That's what I'm, that's, I'm, it's, it's lit. <laughs> like, black girls is where it's at, like, period. Like, every, the, I'm glad they're experiencing the ghetto black girls. The teaching black girls, the 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 black girl experience is long overdue, and I'm just glad it's here. I'm glad I can look in Vogue, look at Vogue online, and see the city girls. That feels good. Like I like the way I like that. I can cut the TV on and see somebody who looked like me on a Dove commercial with the rose showing, and like. The nappy hair, I love it. It's long overdue, and I'm 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 not gonna say I hope it stays, cause I know it's gonna stay, and they just gonna have to eat it. Like you just gonna have to just, we it's in your face. You're gonna experience. You're gonna get this black girl magic, whether you want it or not. I love it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And for me, I have to put my mommy hat on because. I'm glad that my kids get to experience stuff that I didn't get to experience. Like I'm wearing a good trouble sweatshirt for the late great John Lewis. But it, and then I love explaining that to my my daughter. And my daughter said, Well, I want one. And I'm like, yes, yes. Cause I didn't have a lot of this growing up. Like I went to a PWI, but my my daughter, I already told my daughter, you got you got all corn. You got Spelman. We went to DC. We we took a tour, Howard. Like so, I'm I'm pushing it on her. You know, enjoy this moment because I didn't get a chance to experience that growing up. Like my my four year old. Look, he plays Fortnite. He we went and got him a Black Panther skin for Fortnite. So he's a Black Panther on Fortnite. So we when Black Panther came out, we all had on our shirts. We all dressed up. We made it a family night. I just. I'm glad to embrace that and experience that with my kids because I didn't get to experience seeing a black Disney princess growing up. And now my 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 I'm ready for the time when my two-year-old can sit down and watch Princess and the Frog with me. And then we take a trip to New Orleans and go eat some, you know, some good New Orleans food. So I'm embracing it. I love the black girl magic. I'm unapologetically back at black at work. Sometimes I talk too much, but I don't care. I wear my Africa wooden earrings. And it's it's just amazing. Um, because when I was growing up, I didn't see too many black doctors 
or black lawyers or or black senators and representatives. And I, I never would have thought I would have saw a black president. So I love that now that we're embracing us more and we're it's okay because I've always been black, black, but now blackity black. And so I've 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 learned to embrace that and I love it. And I just I just like that I get to experience that with my kids because they're getting to experience things I didn't get to experience when I was growing up. I love that you mentioned that. So like um, my nieces and nephews have never not known a time where we didn't have black representatives and black presidents and, and um, like my physicians now are black. And like they, they've never not known a time of, oh yeah, well, we can do this and we can do this and we can do this. Cause we've told like, we grew up saying I could be president one day, but we never saw it. Yeah. And so now like I told my, I tell my nephew, you know, you can grow up and be president. You can grow up and do, do this. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. He's like, yeah. And he has an example for it. And it's little things like, I didn't realize how much I wanted to see a black Disney princess until we had Tiana. I didn't re- like I didn't realize how much I needed to see black women in STEM like being represented in Disney until we had Shuri, until we had Okoye, like until we had this representation. We're like, yes, like this is what it's small, but it's so big at the same time. Representation and, is important. And there's now more um, dolls that you can right. give to your children, right? Um, I think, um, don't get me wrong, I think the American doll, this is a Black American doll. Yeah. Um, there's and who's um, not a slave because the one who was was a slave. That's the right. one I had. Um, <laughs> she was, yes, she was right. a slave. Like, my mom was very adamant when we were younger. She was like, my girls are going to have Black dolls. So even if people gave us um, baby dolls and Barbie dolls for Christmas or birthdays, whatever like that, she would let them know if it was white, hey, can you Give, can you give me the receipt? I'm gonna go swap it out. So we always mm. had black dolls coming up. And um, one of the things we do at work, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, one of the things we do at work, we do a, a toy drive every year. We do um, bearing gifts and um, our tenants and, and anybody who wants to, honestly, they can adopt a child. They can ad- adopt a child who in CPS for Christmas. And um, we put on the card their age, what they want, like the kids will say what they want or whatever like that. And then we'll put um, also what, what, what race they are. And my first, the first time I sat down there, um, I kept seeing um, tickets for black girls who wanted dolls. And I made a conscious effort to tell anyone who came up and grabbed those tickets, get these girls a black doll. Please get them, if, please get them a black doll. And the look of amazing like the like the light bulb moment especially with white tenants who came up they're like oh I didn't think of that because it's never dawned on them that that these kids needed to see representation in their toys and when Black Panther came out like they would ask oh what what figurine should I get Black Panther Black Panther get them a black baby doll make sure like make sure that these kids see representation in their toys because it starts there like if you're seeing there was a study done ages ago and I I hate that I can't remember it now um but they they ask kids they have the same doll black and white and they Mm -hmm. ask kids which doll is the bad doll which doll is the good doll Mm -hmm. and out of habit these kids are like oh well the white doll is the good doll the black doll is the bad doll because if you don't see yourself represented in your toy like if you don't see positive representation in, in your everyday life 
and all you see is like negative representation from the media, you're not going to know. So it starts at home and it starts at a young age. So yeah, no, should we seeing positive representation in the media and with our representatives is huge, huge. And these kids now don't, they've never not known a time of that. Absolutely. So I want to just thank y'all, each one of y'all for coming, sharing some of your magic with us. Um, I know that we kind of touched on it briefly, but this is our, um, this is March's Women's History Month and um, International Women's Day is March 8th. So I look forward to seeing y'all's posts, which are uh, choose for, uh, what is it? Choose to challenge. Um, I look forward to seeing those posts. Um, before we wrap this up, I did want to ask, um, I know that all of y'all have things going on. Um, can you tell those people, the people watching, um, where they can find you, what you have coming up, um, just pretty much whatever's going on where they can support you? Everybody's muted. <laughs> You want to go for it? Go ahead. Go ahead, Shaquita. Um, for me, you can find me on Instagram, Shaquita Lathan, but my business page is Kingdom Kitties Clothing on Instagram, and I also have a Facebook page, Kingdom Kitties Clothing Boutique. And so we have um, sizes infant to toddler, and I also do a lot of personalization. So um, that's where you will find my business page. And um, my, my my little four-year-old gamer, that, and this was not my idea, but I'm, I'm following daddy's advice. But he's a gamer, and he's, uh, if y'all would mind, y'all wouldn't mind just going and liking his page. It's called Tristan's Turn. And it's spelled T-R-I-S-T-O-N, Tristan's Turn. And that's his gaming page. He he likes to game. My 13-year-old, she's she's a baller. She plays basketball, but she does have a collection on the Kingdom Kitties website. And my my twins are my little models. And then my 15-year-old um, um, son, he he's also a gamer also. I was muted. Okay. Okay. Every time. Um, I so boom. Smooth skincare. That's my brand on Facebook. And um, my website is ohsosmooth.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and yeah, go go buy some skincare, achieve your skin goals, become a smooth partner, and look beautiful i know that's right ashley <laughs> look beautiful um have get healthy skin all that stuff and the afterpay i don't know if i told you about that but that's a big thing we have afterpay so you can pay in four and get your products delivered right to your door four so, easy yeah. payment. go shop smooth four easy payment i like that i like the plug <laughs> So um, I, my blog is my name, jazzdaigle.com. Uh, I'm on all social media platforms as and all that jazzy, A-N-D-A-L-L-T-H-A-T-J-A-Z-I-E, one Z. Um, and you can find all that on my blog. Uh, I also have a podcast and all that jazz podcast. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, bi-weekly musings on there, just evergreen content as well as current events and 
I don't have anything currently coming up other than like my regular my regular schedule programming on the blog and podcast oh I have a pop-up shop that I'm participating in on Sunday so y'all just say a quick word for you girl say a quick prayer I need it because I'm nervous and it's my first pop-up so yeah you got this just bring that same energy you got it girl <laughs> and then while we announcing what's coming up Paige let us know about Atomics Travels please when you get off mute yeah so um, I'm actually working on season 2 dropping season 2 of Atomic Travels um, I have about 38 amazing guests this season um, interviewing from 5 6 different countries um, you know, we, we keeping it real talking about what travel means to you, um, what keeps you going and how everybody has been dealing with the pandemic or what you call it? The panty, penny, panini, the panini. The panini. <laughs> um, I'm actually working, um, on season three, <laughs> um, season three concepts is going to be couples goals. So, um, you know, Miss Shakita, I might be reaching out to see how you and hubby travel, how y'all met. Um, but I won't get ahead. I won't get ahead of my stuff. I want to drop season two before we go there. But um, I'm already working two, three seasons ahead just to give, make sure I have some dope content, making sure that melanin magic is always on the screen. Um, we're always giving each other praises and and bigs ups um, and really just kind of showing that travel can occur in so many different ways and there's no one way to travel. So um, keep an eye out, um, Atomics, uh, Atomics Travels, um, Travel Tuesday Happy Hour podcast is going to be on YouTube um, this April. So keep an eye out for it. And go look at his site because it's brand new and I love it and I keep going to it for no apparent reason um, other than <laughs> to look at pictures and wish I was traveling or back in Ghana and to look at uh, his podcast. Everything is on there. So check out. Yeah, and, and my dad's birthday is on the 16th. So um, I dedicated kind of the next couple weeks of um, I guess my posts on my page to father, son, like father, like son theme. So Check us as we get snazzy atomics travels at uh, on IG. Uh, we out here doing don't rush channel challenges. We suited and booted, take having a photo shoot. You know what I'm saying? 75 to 39. We, you know, we doing it right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, definitely appreciate you all jumping on the show. Um, it, you know, we definitely need more people like you willing to talk about the topics that you guys talked about, willing to be voiceless about your experiences, as well as just talking about how um, mental health has helped you because your voices help others realize that it is possible to go to mental health, uh, to seek your own mental health um, resources. And um, we'll definitely be reaching out for future episodes. Um, you guys look comfortable. You guys look like I can come back for another round. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, definitely we want to thank you all. And um, yeah, you know, uh, everybody, peace. Final words, Ashley? 
Oh, I thought I was muted. I'm ready. Thank y'all so much for, for joining. Thank y'all for agreeing to be on this panel. Thank you for your lovely insight. Thank you to everyone that's watching. I don't know why I keep looking at this screen, like the people on YouTube gonna look back at me. Thank, thank all of y'all for watching. Thank y'all for being a part of this, uh, this ever going. As we sign off, we want to remind you that it's okay to not have your cheese on your cracker and that we are here to work towards getting there together.